So if you wanted to be able to follow along in your Bibles, we do have them available at the four corners of the sanctuary. And our text, Matthew 5, can be found on page 3 in the second set of page numbers. Let's pray together. God of light and life, open our eyes as well as our ears so that we may not only hear your word preached today, but then see your word lived out in our lives and in your world. Through Christ our Lord, the light of the world. Amen. So as we heard from our readers earlier, our verses that we're focusing on today are verses 13 through 20. And so this is a continuation from last week. So last week we started in this Sermon on the Mount of Jesus who has kind of walked away from the crowds and gone up this mountain. And his kind of newly gathered disciples who said yes when he called them, have followed him up to receive his teaching. And so as we heard last week, we are blessed in so many ways, and in particular in a lot of ways that we don't always realize are blessings. And so last week, as we reflected on the Beatitudes, we were reminded that we have a part of our identity that we sometimes forget. And that's who we are in Christ. It's who we are when we have received the gift of grace that is offered to us. And so today we continue in that theme. For in these first couple of verses, Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. I think so often when we hear Jesus teaching, We're thinking about the things that he's calling us to strive for, the things we have to do to grow in him, the new attributes we need to take on to look like his followers. And yet here in these verses, he's talking in the present tense. He's not saying you should be the salt or one day you will be. No, Jesus is saying, right here, right now, you are salt and light. By saying yes when I called you, by following me up on this mountainside to receive my teaching, through me, you are more than you would have been on your own. Through me, you have been granted this great gift of being salt and light. Now, for some of you, these verses might seem pretty familiar. This is kind of a common scripture text that we bring up a lot. And yet I do want us to still spend a couple minutes reflecting on what that means. Because these are very powerful metaphors. So now we think about salt. And I like to cook, but I also like to bake. And you use salt in both. It's not just the savory foods that you add salt to. It's not just the soups and the meats. But it's also the sweets, the desserts, that you'll have just a pinch of salt. Now, I know when I was 
growing up, and especially once I developed some food allergies and started kind of coming up with alternative ways to do things, I would often call my mom and be like, so how important is this ingredient? Like, if I don't have it or I can't come up with a dairy-free alternative, like, can I just nix it? And there would be some things that she'd be like, oh, yeah, that's not really important. Salt, though, is important. And it's often just a pinch. And yet if you didn't have it in that bread or that cookie recipe, it would make a difference in the end result. It would be noticed. Because salt does something in the chemistry And I'm not a scientist, so I don't understand it all. But I've eaten the cookies at the end, and I know that they taste better. Because it does something to help them be less oily. And at the same time, it enhances all of the other ingredients. If you've ever eaten a banana, you know that bananas can be kind of bland. But when you throw salt into a banana bread, it brings out these undertones. It highlights the cinnamon or the brown sugar. It gives you a more robust flavor. That is what we are called to in this world. We're called to be just that little bit of seasoning that enhances everything else. That is right in the mix of everything. If you're just sitting on the sideline, you're not going to do any good. You have to give yourself up to the process. You have to be in it through the whole baking period. And if you are, everything else gets better. So then Jesus moves on to light. And as we heard from Lindsay earlier, you're not going to turn on a light switch and then cover it up. Because the whole point of having light is so that it can shine its rays as far as they can go. And much like with salt, a little bit of light can go a long way. If you've ever been in a dark room, even just having a small candle can illuminate so many details, more than you would think possible from such a small light. But as I was thinking about this this week, I thought about how the other thing about light is you don't want to contain it. Because then it can be overwhelming. When I was in Arizona this past December, I had a rental car. It was much fancier than my car. And it had these automatic brights. So that as I was driving through the desert late at night, I could just turn the brights on and not worry about it. Because as soon as the car detected another light from another car, often even before I made it out, it would dim the lights so that I could still see, but so that the car coming at me could also see and not be blinded. And that's the power of light. That's part of the responsibility that we are called to, 
is to shine brightly, but to not be overwhelming, to not be so close and so strong in our interactions with people that they can't see Jesus or that they're just blinded and walk away because they can't handle the intensity of the light. So salt and light. This is what Jesus leaves us with. Both metaphors that you have to find a balance with. You have to have enough. You have to show up. You can't keep your light hidden under a bushel or a bucket. You can't keep the salt on your counter and not pour it in the mix. But you also have to come in the right amount, if that makes sense. And that's part of where I'm excited about this training that we're doing after church. Of It's all about our posture. Of as we are going into the world, as we're throwing ourselves into the mix, are we making sure that the cross is what is shining through? Are we making sure that the flavors that we are enhancing are those of the kingdom of God? So then it seems like Jesus kind of detours and has moved on to the next section and perhaps has left this metaphor behind as he starts talking about the law and the prophets. And this is one where text is kind of hard. <laughs> and this is where I, as someone who loves face-to-face -face interaction, can really appreciate what is lost. Because if you were to read these verses literally after the Beatitudes and after Salt and Light, you might be left a little confused. Of here is Jesus saying, you are blessed in ways that don't make sense to you. And I have given you this gift of even in the midst of your still making mistakes, of your not fully understanding everything, I'm giving you the ability to be salt and light. But then he throws down, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you have someone in your life that you know really well, you probably know by their facial expressions or by their tone of voice when they are giving you a hard time, when they are perhaps being a little bit sarcastic, when they're trying to make a point about something. And just by those shifts in voice and face, you know that you shouldn't take it literally, but that perhaps you should understand the opposite of what they're saying to be true. And we have to take this all together. So we are told that by a gift of grace, so something that does not come from us, God has given us this ability to be salt and light to chase out the darkness and enhance the kingdom flavors 
in the world. Jesus has said that is true right here, right now. But he's not coming to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Because that is a gift that Jesus had. As the Son of God come to earth, Jesus was able to fulfill the law. He was able to live in a perfect way that we can strive for, but that we honestly know we will never be able to achieve on our own. But we don't have to, because Jesus came and he did it. And he said, if you receive what I am offering to you, if you receive this gift of grace, then I will make you righteous in the eyes of my Father. And I will give you the ability to show the truth of the kingdom to those around you. I will give you that ability to make life more robust because it comes through me. Because if we were to try to do this on our own, as he reminds us, we would have to be better than the Pharisees. If we made it about us, we would have to spend all of our time studying the law and all of the implications of the law, and we would have to work on constantly being aware of what we were doing in our lives. And unfortunately, when you spend that much time sitting with the law and worrying about the law, you're not out in the world. You have put yourself under a bucket. You have hidden yourself away. And the reality is, at the end of the day, you're likely not going to be able to keep the law perfectly anyway. So Jesus says, I am the one who has come to fulfill the law. If you say yes, to following me. Your task is to know who you are. And that is as a child of God who has been given a gift of grace and who has been called to bring that grace out into the world. To let the light of Christ shine through you in such a way that even when we stumble, the way we handle our failures will point people back to the cross. The way that we handle our disappointments will show people that I trust that God loved me enough that he came and gave me this gift and my identity is in him. Now, if you remember all the way back to the beginning of January, I introduced this kind of New Year's mantra that I said, what would the world look like? What would Nanaimo look like if each and every one of us lived into this? 
And it was, I am God's child, deserving of love and respect, and God will use me to change the world. Do we believe those words? Do we believe that as God's child, he has given us good gifts? And that as recipients of those gifts, God is going to call us to use them to change the world for his good. To be that salt. To be that light. That is willing to have ourselves used up. To have ourselves be spent in the task of revealing the kingdom. And at the end of the day, we do get to come back to that cross. On those days where we feel like we're getting a little bland, we get to come back to his table and be fed and nourished and reminded of the grace that is there for us. It is a great God we serve. For he has loved us enough to remind us that we are not always who we think we are, but that we are his children whom he loves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you loved us enough to send your Son into this world to shine a light in the darkness to remind us of who we are, children that you have welcomed in and that you call your own. Lord, we pray that as we go through our days and our weeks, that we will see all of your reminders of love and remember that we are yours. Lord, may you also give us the strength and the courage to be that salt and be that light. May we in all things seek to enhance the flavors of this world that your name would be praised. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.